It's finally 2022. What's one Cybertrend users will love and what's one Cybertrend users will hate? Cybersecurity is something people uh, don't always like, but uh, one cyber trend I think users will love is the passwordless trend, right? Getting rid of passwords that we have to remember and starting to go to ways that don't require us to remember anything, more so something we have or something we are. Um, what cyber trend will users hate? Uh, I would say it's actually the kind of opposite, which is passwords are still going to be around in 2022. Uh, you know, thinking that we're going to completely eliminate them this year is a pretty lofty goal. Um, and so I think they'll still be here to stay and something that we still have to manage as users. You're listening to IAM Pulse, a podcast discussing all things identity access management. From defending against cyber attacks and to enhancing your overall cybersecurity strategy. This podcast is brought to you by BioKey International innovative provider of flexible, secure access management and biometric identity solutions. We're sitting down to talk about the impact of identity access management makes on you and your business. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Pulse. It's our first episode from the new year in 2022. Today, I'm joined by my guest, or uh, co-host at this point. Um, she's been running the show longer than I have. Uh, Kim Biddings. Uh, Kim, um, how was your weekend? And welcome back to the show in the new year. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, It's been good. You know, 2022 started off uh, interesting, I would say, for a lot of us out there fighting uh, the pandemic still. But doing well, Will. Happy to be back. Sounds good. Yeah, no, speaking of starting the, pan- uh, starting the year within the pandemic, uh, believed to have COVID, um, still recovering. <laughs> but yeah, that first week wasn't that pretty, uh, but no. recovering yeah. now in the second week of January. So doing pretty well. Um, but let's talk about our uh, topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. So based on the title of the episode, Why Are Users Resisting Cybersecurity? Let's talk about it. Uh, jumping into the main topic of the episode, um, how users react to cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about uh, how important cybersecurity is today. But it's come to the point where cybersecurity is a must-have requirement for all organizations. Mm -hmm. So, Kim, why is cybersecurity a requirement at this point? Yeah, sure. Um, And, and, you know, after over 10 years of this, I'd say it's always been a requirement. I think it's just now very obvious for those organizations that have kind of dragged their feet or haven't really, you know, brushed up on cybersecurity controls. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is now a requirement more than ever. Um, you know, some stats that stood out to me recently was uh, there's been a, a 300% increase in cyber attacks since the start of the pandemic in the U.S. alone. Um, and then the new kind of report out there or uh, statistic on ransomware that kind of opened my eyes is that a business will fall victim to a ransomware, ransomware attack every 11 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you listening in that are thinking about improving cybersecurity or thinking about putting it in, the reason it's a requirement is because just the influx of attacks, um, the business that people are making now out of some of these things like ransomware as a service um, is just exploded. You know, the pandemic, everybody went remote, uh, services went online very quickly, businesses had to adapt quickly, and cybersecurity got left a little bit by the wayside and really opened up the attack vectors for hackers if they weren't there before. So, it's just become even more important than it has been in the past. 
Um, and I think there's new challenges and, and definitely new hurdles to overcome, especially for businesses that weren't prioritizing it before. So how do organizations protect themselves from outside influences? Yeah, no, great question. So, you know, it's a requirement at this point. Um, and so looking at how do you protect yourself, you know, one of the very uh, baseline things that now is pretty obvious and, and can prevent ransomware attacks and other attacks by up to 80 to 90 percent is multi-factor authentication. Right. Getting away from passwords, uh, which we have been talking about for well over a decade. Um, but it's just, you know, more and more evident that passwords and using credentials that are easy to guess or that people can't manage well um, are really a, an open attack vector. So organizations thinking things like multi-factor, thinking things like zero trust. Right. Don't trust anything implicitly. Make sure that you're always verifying the identity, um, getting more granular policies in place. And then I always tell people too, make sure you have that response plan, right? That that plan in place when something does happen or when that attack does happen, it will. And how do you respond mm -hmm. to it is going to be that next part. Right. Yeah. We've seen and written about the love-hate relationship uh, between users and cybersecurity solutions. Um, you know, users having to get themselves involved in this is definitely a big way to, or it's become more important now to, mm -hmm. um, definitely improve cybersecurity measures. Um, but on that note, Kim, to ask as a vendor, why or where do you see users resisting cybersecurity? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, my, my little mantra is kind of like security is only as good as it, it has been adopted, right? If, mm -hmm. if the security precautions you put in place are being circumvented or not used or adopted by your users, then it's not in place, right? It's not a, a barrier at all. Um, from a, a user perspective and resisting, we don't like disruption. We don't like logging in. I don't like logging in and it's the business we've, you know, I've been in and talked about for a long time now. And so the main thing is people don't like change, right? We're very much creatures mm -hmm. of habit. Um, there's plenty of studies out there that'll show like our brains pick the path of least resistance, right? Almost every single time. So the change coming into my daily operation is one thing. And then cybersecurity for most people is always a thing that they have to do. It's not a goal that really contributes to their daily business. So, you know, we're in marketing, right? We have our own team goals. We have our own objectives. We're trying to support the business. Cybersecurity and keeping our passwords, you know, secure or making sure we're doing our multi-factor best practices usually isn't on the goal list for every department of an organization. Um, so a mm -hmm. lot of times security is seen as getting in the way of the business being able to, to conduct business. Um, so it, it's definitely a, a controversial topic. I think too, like as, as these cyber attacks increase, the challenge and the rub becomes a little bit harder because now how do we prevent these attacks? We have to prevent them. And how do we not disrupt users? Um, and I think that's really where it's going to get more challenging. I think zero trust brings that in with like more granular controls and a lot more often um, or a lot more checks more often as to are you who you say you are. And all of that can create friction and disruption for users. So there is that love hate relationship. Uh, I think it, it's going to continue. Um, you know, the best authentication or the best security control for users when they don't see don't uh, no is there. It doesn't impact them, but that's pretty hard to achieve. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, us as users really don't like change. I know when Google required MFA, uh, at first it felt really disorienting, 
Um, I think another reason users hate cyber as a whole is just the annual password changes. Yep. Um, and when I was a student, I remember having required password changes every year and it got so annoying. It made sense. Um, as we all know, hackers wouldn't guess our passwords, access crucial information. But as a user, I know what most people tend to do. I did this myself. Uh, we just changed the last number or character in our password. So we had <laughs> a two, just went up to three. Obviously, it's not secure, but it also hasn't been very convenient either. Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, that's part of the challenge, too, is helping people understand why it's so important to do that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing if I told you, hey, somebody might hack into your student account and get your information. That to you is a concern. But until you feel that pain or you really think it's going to happen to you or it happens to your best friend, it's not as much of a, a urgent need or concern. The more you can give people reasons as to why they need to be concerned with cybersecurity um, in terms of protecting the business or reputation or what the actual damages could be if someone gets your information, not just they got it, but what happens after that is mm -hmm. really important because otherwise it doesn't, me telling you that you need multi-factor authentication, a lot of people don't even know what multi-factor authentication is. So it, right translation problem as well as to like what's the value of these controls and why should you have to do them um, I've seen some really creative ways organizations have rolled out controls uh, with marketing campaigns actually because they have to get user adoption so that's the other issue I would say is kind of that lack of understanding and and translation you know ability um, for kind of the common user you know you think about before last year most average, you know, people in regular positions, et cetera, aren't going to know what ransomware is. We now know what mm -hmm. ransomware is because Colonial Pipeline and other big attacks. But before then, most people weren't walking around asking about what ransomware attacks have happened recently. You know, so mm -hmm. it's it's definitely an education um, curve, I think, in a lot of cases as to how do you educate people to get them to want to participate and adopt the, the control. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about what organizations have implemented, um, but not specifically what they try to do for their users. So I think we know that organizations have to train their users to understand the new cybersecurity policy in place. Mm -hmm. I think there's this difficulty um, that there's just set when it comes to cybersecurity awareness training. I think you hinted upon it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but for one, we know that a lot of users don't understand the security changes, the need for them, and the jargon that goes on in the world. I think saying like, the words that we use every day, the acronyms MFA, SSO, IAM, Zero Trust, tends to be confusing for those who don't really attend cybersecurity webinars or right. just generally speak cybersecurity throughout the week. And so if these users tend to resist change this way um, or just are, you know, not understanding properly the acronyms, the jargon, the lingo, uh, it might be difficult to train them to begin with. Um, so let's talk about this a bit more. Uh, so, Kim, why is it difficult to train employees about cybersecurity policies? Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit, too, of who has to train them. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked about, like, the language being different. Uh, the other thing, too, is oftentimes IT departments are not in the business of marketing. So, right. you know, understanding your target audience, understanding what, what matters to them, what the value is to them, how do you position that, how do you message that to them, you know, that takes a lot of overhead and a lot of effort. Um, and, and it is hard to bridge that we used to call it geek speak to business speak, you know, but it, mm -hmm. it's hard to make that bridge. 
And it's also hard to do marketing and marketing um, campaigns and things if you're not in that department or that's not your typical approach to projects. Um, so I think, you know, later on we talk about some things about what to do about it. And I'll provide some some uh, recommendations there. But I think it's challenging because you are kind of putting on a different role of actually training and marketing to people. It's not something that's typically done or is, is always done well in the IT team and usually IT teams that are limited in resource already. Yeah, so following that, I think you should also hate the cybersecurity webinars that come with these changes. I know, um, and, the, and the issue also comes that uh, people who are in cybersecurity aren't teachers first. I think they mm -hmm. care a, lo a lot more about the cybersecurity as a whole. Um, you know, not every cybersecurity professional is a professor um, or a teacher. Um, and for the average users, you know, the word zero trust MFH can go easily over their head. Um, and it's not really their responsibility to know exactly what they mean. Um, so it be, they become irritated when it comes time to adjust security measures. Right. Um, so besides the mandatory changes, there's this divide between security and convenience. Mm -hmm. um, like not only are you telling your users cyber, your security is going to get stricter, but also you're expected to give them a better user experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty hard ask. I know we've always talked about it as well. Right. Uh, and a better user experience is a key differentiator for many industries, many businesses. I know we've talked about higher ed being one of those. Um, for example, to imagine this, a better user experience as a student, um, if you make this student experience better, students who can easily access the payment information, class schedule, et cetera, is just a differentiator now for a university um, that a student can choose. Mm -hmm. So imagining that, but in the business side, um, we're looking into that, but mix that with a difficult or more complex security process. And now you have the situation of what's a balance. Mm -hmm. So yep. Kim, is there a way to have stronger security and a better user experience? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been the key question as you mentioned, right? And, and we used to say mm -hmm. balancing security and usability, security and convenience, uh, user experience and security. I mean, that, that challenge has always been there. Um, and it's kind of the conflict that the the IT director out there, you know, we even know that they that that's a challenge for that role is like you're in charge of keeping the business safe, but at the same time you also need to provide technology that doesn't disrupt anybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say in terms of you know finding that perfect balance, I don't know if there's a perfect balance. I think um, there's a couple ways that I would I always recommend for people to. Uh, go after this this challenge and try to make it as smooth as possible. Um, the first thing really for a recommendation that I have is making sure that you understand your users. So mm -hmm. I remember working in healthcare, for example, we used to spend a long, long amount of time before implementing any changes to, let's say, authentication. Um, we would spend observing clinicians working in their environment. Um, and mm -hmm. so looking at that, you knew, for example, that an operating room where the doctor's in there for 12 hours and doesn't change, the staff doesn't change, nothing else happens in that room. That's something that you would want different controls on and different feature sets versus an emergency room where there's a shared workstation and people are very quickly you know, going up to it to do record and charting. So knowing the workflow of the person and trying to give them something new or change that workflow, you have to understand their workflow first. So my, my first recommendation has nothing to do with technology. It actually is just know the people that you work with um, mm -hmm. and address those workflows. Uh, and then I always say, you know, make sure that when you're implementing security, you are trying to find ways to give 
usability as well. And so we talk a lot about, right, putting multi-factor authentication in place, so requiring more authentication, but then combine it with single sign-on so they don't have to do that authentication more than once, right? So mm -hmm. make them, you know, do a more extensive login, do the multi-factor authentication, but then don't have them remember or have to log in again for every single application that they're going into. That's just a very easy kind of security plus usability introduction that will help improve that user experience and then give a really secure uh, login. The other thing I would I would point out is definitely contextual authentication or what we call adaptive. Um, mm -hmm. And that pulls in context around the authentication. So yes, you could you know, require more authentication, like additional factors, but also you can reward behaviors that are showing as like in the right geography at the right time of day, right network, right? If all the context mm. checks off, maybe you can lessen the authentication a little bit, make it a little bit easier for people. Um, right. And then I think the the big, you know, one that you and I have talked about, and we talk about a lot here, is just the options that people are given for logging in. Um, and the options that we have for authentication, you know, our our traditional MFA is still pretty inconvenient, risky, uh, and expensive. You know, are the three things mm -hmm. that I think of. Um, it's not very efficient. And will you you and I go through this? You go to log into our our uh, website in the back end, right? And it requires a Google Authenticator. I have to type in my username, my password. I have to then find my Google Authenticator app. I have to open my app, assuming I have my phone, and then I have to type in the code fast enough in that period of time. Um, it's very disruptive to me as a user. And so, right. you know, there are other options. Um, and it's A, figure out what options work best for the user and their workflow. And then B, you know, we recommend highly pick biometrics. Biometrics doesn't have anything extra to carry. It doesn't have anything extra to remember. Uh, you are your authenticator, essentially, when you're you're walking around, right, with your biometric. Um, mm -hmm. And it's extremely, extremely secure, so you're not giving up on that security element. So it's something to consider. We definitely recommend at least consider biometric authentication as part of your plans. Right. Well, as we continue to say, data breaches are no longer a matter of if, but when, and the best time to find a balance if, you know, the best possible balance between convenience security is now. Mm -hmm. I know in 2022, we expect more orgs to implement stronger authentication methods or models like zero trust. Uh, the cyber the cyber is gonna affect the users regardless. So for IT teams, it's more important now than ever to get as close to a perfect balance as possible. So Kim, what do we do about it? You know, we've talked about how organizations, you know, need to support their users as well as their security measures, but um, what are some steps or tips that you can give yeah, sure. So, um, you know, kind of summarizing up, I think some of the things we've hit upon, but um, I'd say first step, understand your people and how they work. Uh, what's their day to day? What's their workflow? Where are they accessing from? What are they doing? Um, what applications, right? Really start to know your your users and who they are and what they need. Um, implement cybersecurity awareness training programs. Uh, there are some phenomenal companies out there that offer these out of the box. Um, mm. But very important that cybersecurity awareness is ongoing. Uh, it's not just the month of October, right? But it's uh, right. throughout the year. Um, another thing I, I would recommend strongly is get champions, uh, maybe a couple of them, especially across non-IT departments. And one champion I'd recommend getting is somebody on the C-suite or the C-level, because oftentimes mm -hmm. it's the executive team that are the ones that say, I don't 
you know, need this new control or this control is getting in my way. Um, and so getting a champion that speaks kind of the business language can help you translate and share the information uh, is really, really important. Um, we talked about authentication options, right? Especially biometrics is, is the most secure and convenient way to do authentication. Make sure you're considering that. And then the last advice is also include things like single sign-on or self-service password reset to completely eliminate passwords as much as possible and give people options to help manage them on their own. All right. And with that, we conclude this episode of I Am Pulse. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about how we can help perfect the balance between security and convenience, go to www.bio-key.com. Again, thank you to Kim for joining, uh, joining me today. And with that, we wrap off. Talk to you all soon.